This is A Secret Life of a Grad Student. I'm Lorna Kiefer. I'm Megan Garber. This week, we have the entire panel of our interviewers, Louis, Izini, and Blake, and we are all talking about the qualification exam experience. everybody on the table right now, thank you. I interviewed you like a month ago, Luis, and it was about the qualification exam, but now you're about to pass your qualification exam in a week. Right now, how do you feel different about the last time that I interviewed you? Oh yeah, the perspective has definitely changed a little bit. I think last time I was still having a hard time getting together four different professors, so putting four professors in one room at one time for three hours is like herding cats. Uh, but I finally managed to do it. <laughs> I finally managed to do it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna be so much more relieved now." But now I actually started to write my slides, and I did a practice presentation in front of my lab, and I'm now realizing everything that I still need to learn. So now it's crunch time. It's you know T minus eight days until my exam, so sleeping a little less and reading a little more, but it's still going okay. Yeah. Uh, we talked about like something that you do besides the lab and studying so much to just release the pressure. Like, do you still have time to do that right now? Or a little bit, yeah. I find time to water my plants. I have a tropical garden here at J Bay, actually. So I still still manage to find time to do a few things. But uh, for example, today it's Halloween, and I don't know if I should go out. I think I probably should not. Go out <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation is that life is short, take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves. It'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, okay, so sort of on the same line, the perspective on the exam. This question is directed to you as an you Blake. Given where you guys are in your careers now and having had the chance to look back at uh, taking the qualifying exam, how do you view that moment? Is there any like new perspective you can shine on that moment. Yeah, definitely um, not to stress out about it. I think everything I did throughout my PhD was the, that's the one advice I'll tell myself like just calm down, like <laughs> do it. Like you're, you'll be fine. And then just not doubting myself and times when I thought I didn't know better. Cuz at the end of the day, I'm probably the person who knows most about my research cuz I'm the one doing it, of course. <laughs> like um, that feeling that um, you know, professors are your committee ultimately know more than you. Actually, for your particular work, you should be the person who knows the most. So just calm, just calm down and just take it easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would second that. I think uh, it's very easy to convince yourself that your professors are out to get you, right? <laughs> but that for, nothing further from the truth could actually be there, right? They, they want to see you succeed as much as you do. I think a qualifying exam or a test is the wrong way to view it. I think it's just a check to make to where you are in your process, where you are in your thinking, where you are in your matriculation, and that they're going to exercise due diligence to make sure that you are equal to the standards that they hold. But it's not like you're going to be put into a torture chamber and you know taken to your breaking point. Well, <laughs> right. sometimes you can feel this way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, that was that was fine. That was fine. 
<laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't talk about my qualification exam, but Blake was there when I was passing my qualification exam in Lausanne, in Switzerland. Yeah. We flew together from America and he was there to support me, which was a tremendous <laughs> support for me this D-Day. Before, it's an intense moment, I think. Yeah. But it, Well, yes, it's intense, but... It, it doesn't need to be fear-based. I think there are a lot of simplistic sayings that I have that help guide me and give glib advice to others as they're going through things. <laughs> and um, one of them is, you know, work the problem, don't let it work you. Yeah. And and if anybody's going to create a problem in the room, it's going to be primarily you. Yeah. And so if you go in feeling like the worst will happen, then the worst will gonna happen. And so the conveying confidence and in, in being sure of yourself, I think. That's the real test, uh-huh. right? I think that's the real test because if you have that in and you believe it, then I think there's nothing that will happen in the room that will deter you from it. I think I think it's bringing your own stuff in with you that is actually being tested. Taking notes here. Yeah, you're kidding. <laughs> I wish I had this advice before the exam. The exam has been really good for helping me reevaluate a lot of my designed experiments, noticing like what some of the big flaws are and what's, um, you know, a big portion that I've been focusing on are, I, I should probably mention like where I will likely fail and if it does fail, how I can recover from that or what backup plans I have. So that's been really good about the exam for sure. Yeah. And that's the point. Yeah. Because yeah. right. what they want you to be is an academic or a researcher out in the in the field, yeah, and actually being able to work those problems, right, and being self-aware enough to overcome them, that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I will say that the the structure of the exam seems a little awkward. Like three hours, what are we supposed to do? For <laughs> three hours, and then what's funny is that I've so far been emailing everyone, and like sometimes I don't hear back from the professors, and sometimes they seem a little confused. Like, where is this happening? How long is this supposed to be? And I'm like. So, are we all going to know what to do? So, if I show up and I give the presentation, what do we do after that? Like, who says, I pass? Or where do we send that? <laughs> yeah. But then they'll go, they'll go true to form. I mean, once they get in the room and they get the, the trappings of it, they'll just go back to form on it. So okay. There's also, the, there's also the time management thing. You're learning how to manage your management. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I had to go find these professors and hunt them down. Um, <laughs> I remember, like, the one guy, he, he locked his door. And I don't know why I just, like, decided to knock. I was like, maybe he's in there. And, yeah, he was. He was avoiding people that day, yeah. So that's how bad it was to get everyone in the <laughs> But um, that actually played out throughout all of my PhD program, even when I was doing my thesis defense. So it was like so difficult to coordinate everyone together. As I progressed along my PhD program, I kind of felt more like they were on my team and like they were rooting for me. It didn't necessarily feel that way in the beginning during the qualifying exam. Probably why everybody feels so nervous. When you get that sense that they're working with you, they should be collaborating with you, giving you advice on your project. So I feel like we sort of touched on this, but I kind of want to expand the conversation. First of all, like, what do you think the ultimate purpose of the qualifying exam is? And this is just a discussion point. We sort of touched on that. Do you think that the exam itself is well designed for that purpose? Yeah, I guess um, I don't know if we're on the same type of program like I did when I was in my PhD, but our qualifying exam um, happened right after our first year. It was basically to advance you to candidacy, as they said. At that stage, we, we basically didn't know anything about research, so I can't really say that it was 
useful at that point. <laughs> we don't know anything. But, um, but it's not just to throw your baby under the bus and try to figure it out. At this moment, don't maybe waste three years and figure right. it out that actually you don't like it. Yeah, that's that's a good strategy, I guess. Like, I don't know. We just not at the beginning. Like, just get out the, the week once. Is, is the purpose of the exam to read out? Hey, I mean, you could say that they do that in other professionals. Let's try to see, you know, your scientific methodology, your approach. Yes. Uh, see your self-awareness of your topic. See if you've done any homework on it to make sure yes. you're the, the, yeah. right, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I, I do like the way my school designed ours. Like, I think what's is Berkeley doing as well. It's basically a presentation. You um, you develop a research proposal and you have to defend it. So this their idea was that this is what you are going to do for the rest of your PhD. So you might as well learn how to do it. And we did have support, like I said. We had a, a, a semester-long course that sort of taught us how to do this. Before that, it was like this exam where you just sat down at a table and you just wrote for hours. So that form probably yeah. was not effective. So I, I mean, I mean, especially for me, if you come from like you're doing a PhD, is completely different. Like you're no longer in class. Like to access to the PhD level, mm -hmm. it means that you have at least a bachelor and maybe even a master. So you've done a couple of like exams. So yeah. this kind of form is like. It's outdated. It's almost like it's uh, it's geared toward that professional development end, mm -hmm. where you know in your career, if you pursue academia or even in some cases in industry, one of the things that you might be doing is writing proposals. So it's kind of like a Kickstarter. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I had to submit both a written proposal and my actual presentation. So while writing the written proposal, I found myself like actually. You know, finding a lot of citations to back up my, a lot of sources to back up like my claims, and then explaining in a way that all the committee members would understand, like what the rationale for the designs were and why I thought they would work, and then what sort of plans we had. So yeah, it's been it's been useful for learning how to write proposals. And to me, that's one of the most effective and useful things from a PhD program because that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your career. Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, more likely yeah. than not, right? even if you go into industry. Right? So knowing how to categorize your thoughts, prioritize them, uh, write them, convey them, and communicate them is what it's all about. And I think those last two points are like especially important for the presentation section. The whole, we have to be able to communicate. So not everyone on my committee is an expert in PKSs. One per there is one person that is an expert in PKSs. And well, the other should one should be the expert in PKSs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jay won't be in the room. Jay won't be in the room? No. No, no but... Will uh, be when or... When, when June is going to be there. When June's saying... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> was that on purpose that he was not... Uh, I, yeah. Sometimes it's authorized, sometimes it's not. Uh, For me, it was not a problem to have Blake, but... You were not allowed? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. You were allowed? To get oh, your professor? So we, he had to be part of, he's part of the committee, so. Yeah. yeah. And then we also had to have an outside member from, who was not from our department to okay. sort of serve as this fair um, judge or whatever. Well, it's, it's to create a, a different perspective, right? Then to make sure that it's a fair and balanced assessment of where you are and who you are, right? Relative to the standards of the institution, right? And not just the department. So that brings me to the third question, is like how important for you it is to communicate with your panel of professors before? 
Like, do you want to establish a certain relationship to know them, to, or do you prefer to have them completely neutral? So I, I definitely, it's recommended in my program to at least try to meet with them and go over your proposal before your actual qualifying exam. Oh, okay. And I think that's a good one because if there's any glaring issues that are particularly offensive to any professors, science-wise, you can like take care of that before the actual presentation, which is pretty good. And it also probably takes some of the edge off. I actually haven't gotten a chance to meet with any of them yet, but it's happening this week. I have okay. several meetings. <laughs> eight days. So that, yeah. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> I was gonna say that we, we all had intention of doing that, but I don't know why I, I didn't do it more. I feel like throughout my PhD program, I only met with my committee members during the presentation. I was like, oh, you think that I should change this? Okay, I wish I figured that. We we'll always we'll, we would get advice to get to know them. I think people would say you should talk to their students and then learn about how they like what they like and what they don't like. But no one ever actually told me, just go directly to them, like, just talk to them. Like, yeah. Maybe that would have been better, yeah. It's also a function of what department you're in and how big it is, right? So for me, I knew these folks very well. Right? I would go, uh, and so talking to them about not only the science, but also life, yeah. so hard, yeah. just the environment. So. Uh, it was completely different for me because you got class, you got taught by these folks, you interacted with these folks at like the Graduate School Student Association, crawfish boils and things. So <laughs> they knew what I was doing pretty much on the continuum. Not, uh, but the so, don't you think that they, you lose the neutral aspect of the exam if you're that close to your community? Why do you think the neutral aspects are important? To not be, oh, I like you, I'm going to pass The ultimate arbiter of justice and yeah. <laughs> intellectual rigor. I, I don't think it's an either or proposition. I think you can still know someone and have them objectively assess you. You better be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And if you let favoritism or bias influence you, you're in the wrong job anyway. Yeah. Especially as, an, as a university professor. In fact, sometimes your friends are your hardest critics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? And so, <laughs> Clearly. And so I think... And I think Familiarity does not always breed contempt, and uh, just because they, they know you doesn't mean that they're going to vote in your favor no matter what. And in fact, I almost feel like because they know you and they have like a, a personal interest in seeing you succeed, they'll probably want to point out any big issues that you have in your, yeah. Well, especially the more they know your topic, right? Yeah. And the, know, the more they know your science, I think it gives them a more informed opinion uh, or an assessment of the value of that work and how it can be improved. I think it's kind of tough being on the other side of it now, uh, not knowing the person, not knowing the science, and being called into a room and say, review this, uh, and, and you're only given a cursory exposure to it. You're probably not, it's not a matter of your function within the institution, it's your function to that person to make sure that you are increasing the diligence and the scientific impact and the merit of that proposal to the greatest extent possible. So I, th I think being totally separate actually diminishes that as yeah. opposed to uh, enhances it. I was going to add, I have a friend and she's in the UK. Um, and they, they did it that way. They basically had a completely new set of panel every time they did an exam. And it had to be like random. Like they did not know them from anywhere. And you get there and you'd be totally surprised at their comments. Like, oh. So you have some religious professor. Uh, an English professor coming in and you know reviewing your <laughs> chemistry. Well, That's great. <laughs> from the same um, field, but okay, um, okay. yeah. So there are, there's a limit. Everyone has so everyone has their th the little things that they are their sticklers. Yeah. Um, like I mean, I had the one professor who was all about 
he's a computational guy. So no matter what I did in the lab, he's like, can you tell me more about the thermodynamics? And he yeah. told me, like, it didn't matter what I, when I got into the lab. Yeah. And the yeah. other guy was more analytic. So but that's good. it's always the little things that they're sticklers for. Yeah, yeah. It, but it doesn't diminish my work, but it just to give it more robustness. And, uh, it just just pisses you off. <laughs> I feel like there's a, one person in my committee who I've become a little bit of pen pals with because uh, he's, I call him... What context do you <laughs> I call him the, the angel of UCSF because I emailed so many professors, the only yeah. professor that said yes, and it, but he is 100% into this. He's like... Send me a proposal, send me four papers. He like read all four of the papers. He's read my proposal. He's asked me specific questions. He was asking me even more specific things. Like he's like, can you um, tell me on a spectrum like how precise or imprecise each one of your measurements are for AIM-1B, AIM-1A, whatever, so yeah. on and so forth. And the coefficient of variation and reproducibility. He's going at it. And then, so we've been going back and forth so much that I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. This has been, I feel like I've done my clause via email at this point, but uh, but isn't isn't that a better way of, of making you a better scientist than random number generator and the review process? And yeah. uh, I feel yeah. But I think definitely from a collaborative point of view um, about the robustness, um, I did get the chance to work with a computational guy, and that added a new dimension to my work because he was like, you got to collaborate with my with my group members, and then we got a, a specific paper out of that, and so. That is a dimension that my um, that my own advisor could not offer to me because we didn't have that capability in our group. So there are pros and cons to each. Yeah, yeah. One is you get added perspective if you have the random roll of the dice, and the other is you get to work more intimately with people who really know their stuff about your work. Okay, so the last question for the listeners, for if people do listen. Um, at least the five of us. At least hey, the five of us. Five. We're, yeah. we're the <laughs> So for our many listeners out there who are potentially preparing for their own qualifying exams, uh, what advice would you give them in preparation? So I'm currently preparing, so I don't know if this advice is a little premature, but I'd say uh, try not to freak out too much about it. I mean, the stakes are high, right? Like, that's why it's so scary. It's like, oh, if you don't pass your qualifying exam, you can't finish your PhD. And, you know, I've already told my friends, like, if on November 8th, you see Olga come in and clear my stuff off the desk, <laughs> you know what happened, yada, yada. So I've already said my goodbyes, and I feel at peace with the process. Realistically, I think that, in general, the advice I've heard from people that have passed is that it's going to be okay and take it as a sort of, like, uh, way to improve your project. And I think if you look at it that way, uh, you're going to be fine. And I... I feel comfort also after this podcast and hearing all the all the similar uh, feedback. Just be diligent and stay calm. Um, I'll say practice and prepare. Um, mm. I think I've already said a few things before, but I had a room of my friends who were all also chemical engineers review my work, and I practiced my presentation. I prepared a lot of times, especially if you're not good with public speaking. Um, definitely want to get comfortable. I think it helped me all through, but one thing I do is I can give my presentation or any presentation without looking at it. So like literally in the morning when I wake up in the shower, I, I go through my whole presentation mm -hmm. and that I don't need the slides at all or the, or the book. 
my main advice is don't wait until the last minute to get started. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw that firsthand and that led to not so good outcomes. <laughs> you know, my experience is a lot different. Like, get to the library early before everybody else gets there so you can get the photocopying machine. Experience <laughs> <laughs> that a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they open at 6, be there at 545, so you get through them. Your kids have no idea how good you got it these days. And I think it's also important to take some breaks during that journey. I think if you let it become all-consuming, it will consume you. Take your head out of the game for a weekend. Go out and have fun. Go to the gym if that's your thing. Go... Halloween. Go, <laughs> go do whatever it is that you do that helps reset you. It's like right before the event, like just get out of your head and go do something that is completely separate and fun. And then like the, you know, two days before, just kind of reset yourself and then go back into the, into the loop of preparing for it. Yeah, pace yourself. Basically. Pace yourself, yeah. All very good advice to yeah. me. It sounds like good. I wish I had that advice yeah. before my call. I tried to give that advice to Laura. But you know. No, I did. I organized my work ahead, ahead in advance. You did an outstanding job. So. No, I remember one thing that I did. I just listened to the podcast a couple of weeks before, and they were talking about this superhero position that you're when you're about to do something that is important to you, instead to like feel pity for yourself about what's going to happen, like stand up straight and breathe and and do it okay uh we want to thank you guys for yeah thank you so much this discussion with us we really appreciate it and thank tell your friends about the podcast thank you thank you thank you so much for listening that was the last episode of our series the qualification exam you can find all the other episodes on our google website the secret life of a grad students next time we will talk about conference and traveling stay tuned